Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Special edition of Maddie and the Caddy. This is the anti Maddie show. Caddy only this week, but there's no need to worry because I got a very special guest with me who I've known for a long, long time, but we've never got to sit and just like chat for a while, which is amazing because in just a few days, we're recording this on Wednesday, September 4th and next Tuesday, the 10th of September will be a day that we celebrate 90 years of Arnold Palmer, who is his grandfather. It is my distinct pleasure to say hello to a good friend, Sam Saunders. What's happening, my brother? Not much, my friend. Good to talk to you. Thank you for uh, for having me on. Quite man, the honor. Be, yeah, No, man, the honor is mine, dude. <laughs> We've known each other for so long and have seen each other. On, we've been on the golf course together with you playing and me caddying. It's like... This has yep. been a long time coming to be able to sit and talk. And happy to report, both of us live in Florida on the East Coast. Yep. Both of us good to go as far as Hurricane Dorian left us alone, right? Yeah, we're not too bad. We're kind of just riding it out here in Atlantic Beach right now. Uh, I'm I'm that guy that you see going down to the beach, uh, running around in the background. I love watching these things roll through. I mean, we take it seriously, but, uh, you know, we've been pretty lucky so far. Big time. It's, you know what? I blame this whole thing now for everything that was in Florida or wasn't in Florida. I blame the Weather Channel. They, <laughs> I'll never forget. Two nights ago, there was somebody standing on the beach. There were two-foot waves, and this person was like, the catastrophic waves are starting to. <laughs> like, it's two feet. And then a surfer ran behind him just in yep. a bathing suit and no shirt. And I was like, why are you putting out fake panic like that it drives uh, me crazy so you're the surfboard well, guy yeah i mean i've i've born and raised already and i've been through a lot of these storms and we've seen some bad ones but you know it, it you kind of I, I i worry that someday when we actually do get a bad one you know we're all not going to take it as seriously as we maybe should and, and yes you know, definitely thinking about those people down in the bahamas because that's no joke i mean that's oh my gosh their, their lives were lost home i mean every home down there was destroyed so mm. you know when, when it's time to get serious it is but i agree you know sometimes they're they're showing what six feet of storm surge is going to look like here and that's just not going to happen so we uh <laughs> you know it, it, it's tough you don't want to you don't want to downplay it but at the same time yeah it's uh watching people go into panic mode that doesn't do anybody any good. Well, that's the part of the problem. That was always part of the problem for me was that we weren't seeing anything coming out of the Bahamas pictures-wise when it was going on, and all we had was people standing in beautiful weather up and down the East Coast mm -hmm. saying what might happen and the possibilities yep. are. And that's just, I don't know, it just drives me nuts. But, yeah, not to take anything away from anything horrible that happened in the Bahamas. And at, just to let everybody know, full disclosure, look, my – my sister-in-law and brother-in-law live in Freeport, and, and I have been in contact with them. They are okay, um, and thankfully, I don't know how, but their house was okay as well. So moving on from the hurricane to uh, another look, you have been through some shoulder – I don't even know how to describe drama? it. Number one, yeah, trauma and drama. That's a good one. How yeah, in the listen. world did you do what you did to your shoulder, and how would you explain that to everyone? Well, here's the thing. I, I People just know me as a golfer, but I grew up in Orlando, and I've always been a little bit of a risk taker. I mean, I grew up skateboarding, surfing, um, wakeboarding, water skiing, just jumping out of trees, climbing stuff. I just, I've always been an outdoors guy and I always like to, like to do exhilarating things. And, you know, when I lived in Colorado for six years, I, I skied and snowboard all the time. I mountain bike, hike. I just, I like to get outside and live life. You know, it's very important to me. It's, it's how I, it's how I've always lived my life. I don't want to, I love being a golfer, but I don't want to just be a golfer. You know, I, I like, I like having a well-rounded life, and uh, you know, I, when I was back home here, I was riding a one wheel, which is like a—it's an electric <laughs> skateboard, basically. With a, it's like snowboarding on land. It's it's when we yeah. don't have waves in Florida and you don't have snow, but you want to get outside and ride on a board and feel like you're surfing or snowboarding. 
the one wheel is the way to go. I mean, it's an awesome, awesome and thing. And it's a fat However, wheel thing too, right? You can yeah, go over sand and, and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, but pretty dangerous. And, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend going 20 miles an hour on the pavement because, oh. uh, the board decided it didn't want me going that fast and it launched me off. And, uh, I, I landed on my shoulder and, and basically exploded my clavicle, the, the collarbone. Um, I had a open fracture, so the bone actually kind of popped out. and um, I had to have emergency surgery basically the next day and spent a couple nights in the hospital. But um, I'm feeling great now. Uh, my arm, I can't really move it yet. I got a couple weeks left of, of not moving my arm, and then I got eight weeks of physical therapy. After that, and, and I'm hoping to be able to come back and play golf in January, um, you know, hopefully wow. get a few spots out on the PJ Tour. But I'm I'm making the most of it. You know, I, I don't – I'm hurt. I'm not broken. I've been active. I've been working out, trying to uh, spend as much time as I can, getting my, myself better and ready for when I get the chance to come back. And, um, you know, it, I, I kind of look at this as a positive for me, as, as crazy as that sounds, because I – uh, you know, our schedule is so grueling out there. We play so yep. much golf, and we're gone all the time. And I, I tend to neglect certain things that I, you know, shouldn't. Whether it's my body or my 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 health. And I've I've had a rough year health wise. I've been sick a lot. And I've had an infection in my mouth that I've I've got a tooth actually. I'm having surgery tomorrow morning on a on a tooth what? that needs to come out. Really? Yeah, I had an implant. Yeah, I had an implant when I was like 17 years old, uh, and it failed. And I've been needing to get it out for a couple of years now, but just haven't had the time to do it because you, you know, I need to be basically home for about a month, and that just doesn't. Who knows doesn't really where that stubbornness comes from? I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hard-headed? What? Oh uh, no! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm finally getting the time at home to enjoy being with my family and and you know take care of myself, and you know I look forward to. To coming back, you know, stronger than ever. I, I I think for the first time in a long time, when I when I get back to golf, I will actually be a hundred percent, which uh, which is going to be fun to see what I can do with that. And see, for people who, if you want to see what the shoulder looked like on Instagram, <laughs> Sam Saunders Sam Saunders Golf. I'm just saying. Yep. Thank goodness it's an X-ray because if that would have <laughs> been all color. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. I mean, I popped right up after I fell, and I. My wife watched me do it, and she was so mad at me because, I'm, I'm full disclosure, I was not wearing a helmet, which is really stupid. Everybody, wear your helmet. It's just not worth it. Bones heal, See? but your brain doesn't. So Yes! I uh, I will wear a helmet next time, but I popped up and said, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And she said, no, you're not. And I looked down at my shoulder, and uh, let's just say it looked like a volcano of blood oh. coming out of there. It was not It was not good. I'm so, fine. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> like Will Ferrell. I didn't even feel anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh but my you know what? Gosh. As soon as I get better, I'm like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a helmet on, but I'm gonna get right back on that one wheel. I may not go as fast, but I'll uh you know, you can't be afraid of things like that. See man, this is the hard headedness, bruh. This is what I'm talking yeah. about. But I will say this about your golf. This is what I love too. Even you said you spend so much time grinding. And then playing at, say, let's say 85%, 90%. Because you have those little injuries and you're like, I just got to play through it because I want to grind. I got to be out there. It's amazing what happens when you are forced not to be allowed to go out and play and there's nothing you can do about it. And you learn Mm -hmm. how much you miss the game, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's the thing. I, You know, physically, yes, I feel like I'm going to come back better because I'm going to have time to – you know, get rid of those problems that have been bothering me. But, but mentally, you know, it's, it's exhausting. I played nine tournaments in a row this summer, you know, by the, by the end of it, I was playing really good golf, but the results were, were not there. I I was just kind of struggling on the weekends because I'm just so, you're so tired of playing that many tournaments in a row. And and it's not that you're not enjoying it, but you just, you mentally are fatigued and you, and you don't focus like you should, you know, your brain's hard to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah and, it well, that's you know, the, it's hard to enjoy it, and then any kind of little mistakes will set you oh, off because you're like, I'm you already off, yeah. at the end of my rope. Mm-hmm, exactly, and you can't do that. When you're playing your best and you're, you know, the, the tournaments where I've played my best and had chances to win, you, you're, you're just level. You know, you don't get too excited with the birdies. You don't get too down with the bogeys. And, 
And when you're fresh and you feel good, you're able to, to have that mentality. But when you're, when you're tired and you're worn out, you just are, you know, you act like a, like a 10 year old kid, you know, you get real excited when something good happens and then you lose your mind when something doesn't go your way. So <laughs> and I got it's not that bad. Too, so I know, I know what that looks like, the ups and downs of the emotions. <laughs> uh, Man, I've always wanted to ask you this too, dude. What in the world made you decide to, you know what, professional golf? I'll do that. Like, that's almost, yeah. the, you are in the exact same boat as, like, what Gary Nicholas would have been in. Where, was there anyone around you that was like, oh, buddy, um, seriously, yeah, you, you sure want you to do pro- this? What, like, bowling, darts, you know what I mean? You, you like baseball, uh... what are you doing? <laughs> well, listen, hey, you, you, you'll appreciate this. I mean, I was, so let's see, I was 12. I was probably 12 or 13 years old. I was playing AAU basketball and I was, I was about 5'11 as a 13 year old. So I was, a, I was tall. Yeah. I was big and I was, I was good at basketball. So no, I was not going to be a pro golfer. I was going to play in the NBA. But unfortunately, uh, as a four man, there aren't a lot of, um, six foot, white four guys in the in the nba so i you versus dwight howard yeah Yeah, it just wasn't gonna happen so um (laughs) the next best sport i was good at was golf i never really anticipated being a scholar uh i have a business mind but i don't have the patience for uh spending hours and hours in school so uh so golf was it and I, i got good at it and i think the best thing i had going for me unlike the Nicholas boys is I, I didn't have the last name. So I was able to fly a little more under the radar at times. Uh, yeah. and th- those, those guys, I mean, I tell you what people just, I, I look at guys like Craig Stadler who, who made it out there and had success on the PGA tour and, and, you know, Gary Nicholas doing what he did, yeah. even though to most people, they, they would not look at that as a successful career, just getting out there. I mean, nobody's going to hand it to you at a certain point. And the fact right. that, you know, they, they were able to, to make it to the level that they did. And, and, um, you know, I, I feel, I feel fortunate that I've been able to play for five years on the PGA tour. Cause you know, there's thousands and thousands of people out there trying to make it. And just cause my granddad was Arnold Palmer, or just because, you know, his dad was Jack Nicholas. It didn't, it didn't really matter. You know, he had to go out there and perform and I've had to go out there and, and, and just beat guys. And that's the only yep. way you get out there. So I'm, I'm glad that I've been there and, and hopefully we'll be there for, uh, the duration of my career. Yeah, the irony is that the golf ball doesn't know. The golf ball doesn't no, know doesn't. who your no, family is and where you blood. came from. <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish there was some magic, but unfortunately it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's cool too that we because we're so deep in the game that we under we measure success in a different way. So mm-hmm. you look at like the Stadler son or Tway's son or Nicholas's mm-hmm. son or you and go, a lot of people would go, oh man, it's so much easier. And I say bull bleep that it's actually mm-hmm. harder because once people figure out who you were, now they start heaping expectations on you that you would never put on somebody who just came from wherever. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there's been weeks where I would love to just be a normal guy and and not really answer any of those questions and, and do all that. But in the big picture, it's been it's been an amazing thing for me. I've been I've been given so many great opportunities and gotten to to be around so many great people who just love my granddad and, and loved, you know, who he was. And, and they respect what I've been able to do now. So it's been it, it's opened some doors for me, no question. So I can't, I can't downplay the benefits of it. But yeah, absolutely. There's times where I'd love to just be able to go out there and play golf and and just just focus on that because even the bad weeks sometimes you're you're reminded of it and and you, yep. you feel like you have to to do a little bit more than than the average guy on tour. But um, you know, with 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 a little bit more responsibility, sometimes I get. I get a little bit more opportunity. So it's, you know, everything's a trade off. And I, I, I know I consider myself extremely lucky. And, and more than anything else, I just am extremely lucky that, lucky that I got to grow up around my granddad, who was one of the best players that ever lived, and, and learn from him and, and get to become friends with him and, and mm. spend time with him like I did. Because, um, you know, everybody just got to see him on TV and as the, as the figure that he was. But I got to 
I got to have this personal relationship with him where where I understood what he did and he understood what I did. And, um, you know, not many, I don't think many grandfather, grandsons have the exact same career and can, can really relate on that level. So yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. I, I'll, you know, I cherish those, those times that I got to spend with him forever. Man, when you was a little kid, because kids don't understand fame. When do you remember going, wait a minute, my grandfather, Wait, like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. at, do you remember a moment or something where you were just like, hold up, my grandfather, yeah. why are all these people? <laughs> I think it was, I, you know, my first memory of kind of being like, wow, this is a, this is a really big deal was when I was about 16 years old and I was getting to be a pretty good player, high school golfer. And I played in the Sunny Hannah amateur up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which is a really big amateur event. I mean, you, you know, obviously there's the U.S. Amateur, the, the Northeast, and um, the, you know, the Southern, the Western, and the Sunny yep. Hannah Amateurs right up there with all those. I mean, these are the best, these are the best college players, best amateur players in the world. Um, and I was playing there and, and just going through the clubhouse and seeing all these pictures of him and then having all these older guys that were, you know, the best amateur players in the world that were guys that I looked up to and respect. They always wanted to talk to me, and they always wanted to talk about my granddad, and I just, it kind of hit me at that point, like, wow, these guys that I think are so cool and so good at golf, they're coming up to me, and they just want to talk about my granddad all the time. I mean, and these were these were great players, so it just kind of hit me how much respect he had amongst the best players in the world, whether it's junior golf, amateur golf, or at a professional level. I mean, he was he was the guy that they all looked to and it and it just kind of made me realize how lucky I was to to get to to learn from him and and tr- at that point I think I tried to stop being quite so hard-headed when he gave me advice I, I started listening <laughs> a little bit more see that's what I was going to say 16 is a old that's a long way you know what I mean to 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 for it to take that long for it to finally kick in knowing mm-hmm. as a guy who has a 12-year-old at home who now thinks I don't know nothing. Like, I'm just dumb. Yeah. I'm like yeah. the stupidest guy in the whole world. <laughs> I can imagine, like, where everybody else was going, hey, did you hear what your grandfather, you were like, man, he don't, what does he know? He don't know nothing. Yep. <laughs> like, you're 13, was, and you're like, why don't you st- stop telling me what to do, Grandpa? <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, there was some tough love at times where I was, I was like, I don't want to hear this. I'm just going to do it my way, but... <laughs> He he created a little bit of that monster too. He yes, tell you that. yes, <laughs> yeah. Big he, time. he made it very clear that I wasn't to listen to anybody other than him, and <laughs> I, I took that very seriously to a point where I said, "Well, I'm not even going to listen to him." So, um, <laughs> but I figured it out eventually. I once I once I got into my early 20s and you know really needed to to start making a career of this thing. We that's when we really started working together, and and I listened to everything he said. And, and took took in as much as I possibly could, but it was, um, you know, it, it, it's tough as a young kid growing up. You you want to just go out there and have fun and enjoy it. And and I, I was ra- I was very fortunate that my parents, they they almost I don't want to say shielded me from it all, but I was I was very naive to to who my granddad was and and the level of success that he had. I just I grew up a normal kid in Orlando, Florida, playing with my buddies outside. You know, I, I didn't think that I was any different than anyone out there, and I'm not. I, you know, we all put our pants on the same way, mm. and um, I was lucky that my parents, you know, raised me in a way to, to not think that I deserved anything different than anyone else. you got to go out there and earn it and work for it. So, um, that, I'm, I'm That's also in the to, blood. That's, also that, yeah, that's gotta, also that blue blood mentality, man. Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to be that way. You know, it's a, I, I don't believe anything's handed to you. you got to go out there and work hard for it. And, now it's fun for me to get to to you know be raising two boys and my ten year old is is at that point where he you know he wants to be a pro golfer and he wants to really? play in the NFL and oh yeah he, well he's trying to decide he's either going to be a pro golfer uh, a major league baseball player or play in the NFL I mean and I'm the last thing I'm going to tell him is you're not going to make it because you want your kids to strive to dream whatever they want but yeah now you're at that point where saying hey buddy listen you may be big and fast but the only way you're going to be better than everyone else out there is to work harder than them. So, mm. you know, it's those those fun conversations that you get to have and, and explain to them that I didn't I didn't make it on the PJ Tour just by 
wanting to be out there. You know, you gotta, right. you gotta put in the time. That's so funny, man. Well, you know what? At least for both your son and for my son, neither of them said basketball. So that's good. Yeah. Cause you, you meet at five, <laughs> right, five. Right. I was like, I got bad news. Vertically for you. challenged. Vertically <laughs> challenged is the real thing, you know? <laughs> I can introduce you to Spud Webb. That don't mean you're going to be him. So <laughs> yeah, we don't exactly. have those genes. <laughs> uh, Not saying no, but yeah. And that's the thing that's so cool about your, about where you came from is that it's like, People would think, oh, my gosh, there's no way that you could have a normal life. But that's not necessarily true. You did. You had a pretty regular life growing up. Now, as you got into golf later, then it was like when you became a pro, then you then -hmm. it was one of those things where you go, oh, yeah, you know what? Looking back, man, I'm going to have to grind really hard to to be able to get where I want to get. But that that's that blue collar work mentality and stuff. I'm curious, too. Who was the. Who's the coolest person that you think you've gotten to meet so far kind of through that oh. connection? Man, if there was one person question. that even made you be like, oh, shoot, I can't believe yo, I just met, yeah. who would it be? <laughs> I, gosh, that's a, that's a really good question because I've gotten to meet some, some really cool athletes, whether it's, you know, I've, I've met Wayne Gretzky, I've met Michael Jordan, mm. um, Gosh, I've gotten to, to meet some really some presidents. I've I've got pictures sitting on uh, President uh, George George Bush forty three uh, sitting on his lap as a little kid. Stop. Yeah, I've met really. Trump, so you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's been been pretty cool to to meet some of the people I have. But I, I honestly, I, I I'll never forget when I was I was twelve years old and I was a huge basketball fan. I mean, I had I had a you know, you have your notebook full of cards that were your regular collection. Yeah. <laughs> and we, you know, we trade basketball cards. And then I had my Michael Jordan collection. And I had about 60 Michael Jordan cards and a little <laughs> spiral three ring that I was, I was keeping all these cards. And I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. And uh, when I was about 12 years old, he came and played at, uh, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And he played with my granddad in the Pro-Am. And I remember I got to go out on the first tee and meet him and i just i I remember shaking his hand i'm a little 12 year old kid and it it wrapped completely around he was basically shaking his own hand i mean it just just felt it and i just looking straight up at him i mean it was incredible so um i'd say that you know at that moment meeting michael jordan i was completely geeked out i was uh i was (laughs) as big a sports fan as you could get meeting somebody that's so awesome. Now, have you? He's a huge golfer, as you know. Have you gotten to play mm-hmm. golf with him since? I haven't. No, I have not gotten to play with with, with Michael. So I'd I love the opportunity Ooh. to do that someday. But he, you know, he's he's a South Florida guy. I'm a North Florida guy now. So we'll uh, we'll have to see if we can run into each other at some point. But yeah, because um, he's a big gosh. gambler too. Yeah. So we oh yeah, well, I can't afford to gamble with him, but I <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a little bit. I'll do. Oh, you get bit. look five bucks. Five bucks. Yeah. You know why? Because yeah. if you beat him out of the five, then you have to get him to sign that five dollar bill because you know you'll never spend it. You got to clarify on the first tee though. When you say, "Hey, yeah, let's play for five. When I say "let's play for five and dollars, team, that probably means a lot different. I'm going to have to really <laughs> let him know that I'm saying a five dollar bill, not right? Five, yeah. Man, no, there's a decimal point right after the five immediately. Yes. There's no, a exactly. You got, yeah. you know, some bets, some some bad bets have happened out there when you don't <laughs> clarify how many zeros are behind that front number. <laughs> hey man, let's play for five. And when you get to the end, yeah. it was like, all right, so you're down 15 G's. And you, wait, what? <laughs> no, no. What? No, I was. There's only two zeros, and there's a decimal point in my five. I don't know where yep, you come exactly. from. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> That's so funny. I would. What's the? What was the best part? What what's the best part and what's the hardest part about being Arnold Palmer's grand grandson? The 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 best part, uh, honestly, the best part for me was was when I got to I got to I knew him like nobody else. I mean, at yeah. the end, the the last ten years of his life, he had, you know, you know what it's like when 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 you meet these world famous celebrities they've mm. got a very small group of real friends because everybody yeah. wants to be your friend i mean i hate to say it that way but everybody wants it's to be true your friend. and and maybe 
maybe a handful of people really wanted to be his friend so that they could be his friend. The rest of them wanted to be his friend so they could tell everyone I'm friends with Donald Palmer. You know, that's just how that Because they wanted something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's real. Yeah, that's real. And he had a very small group of people that I think were were truly his friends. And and I I honestly feel like the last 10 years of his life, you know, I was was an old enough guy, and we, we understood each other. And I was one of his friends. I mean, I could talk to him in a way that, that nobody else could, you know, I, I didn't, I'll, I'll be real. I didn't have to kiss his ass, you know, and yeah. a lot of other people did. And I, yeah. and I didn't, I was, I, I said things to him that, you know, I stood up to him at times and I made, I, I made, you know, fun of him sometimes to his face <laughs> and we're able to, you know, we were able to needle each other back and forth and not many people could do that. Right. So I, I cherish that, that memory with him where, where we were actually close, and, and I was one of his guys. you know, Because he tested few. you too, right? Like, Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. He, <laughs> he wanted me to, yeah, you know, I, I told him I'd knock him out one time. I mean, was, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he was, oh, he was, he, was, he was just being him. I was, I was in my early 20s, and he, just, he was so hard on me. I mean, he just he couldn't, he couldn't say anything nice. I mean, and it was, it was all out of love. I mean, don't think he was being mean. It was all out of love. And he nah, man, you were in your early twenties, so he had to show you. I still yeah. got some testosterone too, and, boy. Yeah, and he he just he want he knew he knew what I was going to be dealing with because of him. He knew, he mm. knew what he was setting me up for. Um, if huh. I if I was going to be a pro golfer, he knew what I was going to be getting into sometimes. So he he had this you know this idea that he needed to help me get some thick skin because I was going to deal with some some stuff sometimes that was going to be tough and i was on the range one time with him down at bay hill and he just he had you know we were working together and it was great and i was probably 22 years old and he uh he was just focused on me and we were we were really making some good progress out there but as as always happens people would come up and want to talk to him and take pictures and sign autographs so and he always obliged so this group of people from that were staying at the lodge at bay hill came up and and started talking to him, and he was signing autographs and taking pictures, and then he started talking about me, and he said, yeah, this kid, he's got some talent, but he's just going to end up digging ditches. He doesn't listen to me. He doesn't want to make it. He, you know, he's just going on and on and on. And, I, you know, I'm just kind of laughing. I'm going along with it, and although slightly annoyed. Right. And then finally <laughs> he, he really takes his next level, and – he he gets up in my face and he puts that big fist there and he says, "What are you gonna do, boy? If I pop you in the nose, you know, a very old way of saying that." <laughs> but oh yeah. He said, what are yeah. you gonna do if I pop you in the nose? And in front of this group of probably six, seven people that are complete strangers, I got <laughs> right in his face and I said, "I will knock you out." And I may have I may have used an explicitive word that uh, I'm not gonna say here. But I said that to him. I, I told him I was going to knock him out. And uh, he looked right at me, and I swear he had tears of joy in his eyes. He, <laughs> it was exactly what he was testing me, and it was exactly what he wanted me to say. Because, you know, he, he was waiting for me to just kind of crumble up and say, I'm sorry, I don't know, sir. And, you know, I, I always showed him the utmost respect. But in that moment, I knew he wanted me to – to stand up to him a little bit, to yeah. show him that I had a, a backbone, even and, in front uh, of the strangers too. That's why, probably why he was most proud. Yeah, exactly. And they all, I think they all were kind of shocked, like, "Oh my gosh, what's <laughs> what's about to go down right now?" But he he grabbed my shoulder and got a big smile on his face, and he said, "Good, that's what I wanted you to say." And I said, "I know." <laughs> that's and it, crazy. That was, that was kind of a changing. That was honestly a little bit of a changing point for us. He he kind of. It was at that moment where he he basically said, "You know what? You finally understand why I'm why I am the way I am to you." Mm. And we had a we had a mutual respect from that point going forward. Man, that's all. What do you miss the most about him? Just getting to talk to him, getting getting to hang out, laugh with him and 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 seek his advice too, you know? It's mm. I've had plenty of times where I'm driving back from golf tournaments or or flying somewhere sitting in an airport and I'm alone and I you know, I used to always call him, and I'd call my other granddad, uh, Bob Saunders, my, my my dad's dad, because I could get great advice from both of them. And they both passed away, um, you know, within two months of each other, actually. And it's just they were they were role models to me. They were 
um, men that I looked up to, and it's it's tough not being able to pick up the phone and, and call uh, either one of my granddads. You know, just just to just to have that advice and just just have that person that you can, you know, bounce ideas off of, and uh, that that's that's definitely the toughest part. I'm a hundred percent behind you, man. I'm just I I feel the exact same way about my own grandfather, man, because that's mm-hmm. yeah that that family... you remember all the lessons, but yeah. You know, you remember all the times and you remember all the things you say, so you don't necessarily need the conversation, but it, you just miss actually being able to hear that voice. Yeah, or else or just being able to have them close by to go, I see you and I see where you're at yep. and where you're going. Like, just that sometimes if they didn't even have to say anything. Just the look that they mm-hmm. would give would be yep. fantastic. I'll never forget. So I'm caddying for Kevin Streelman and we're at the Arnold Palmer invitational right Mm -hmm. and he comes up on the driving range and um my little guy was out there and this what major was i don't know maybe 13 14 months old he had i mean just started walking not too long ago and right before kev came out major was hitting shots on the driving range and i freaked out because i was like oh my gosh i know (laughs) there's kids aren't supposed to be up here like i'm Totally, but You're I don't gonna know what get to in do. trouble. Gonna get kicked uh, yeah. out finally. That's exactly yeah. Finally getting kicked out. Finally, knew this day was coming. <laughs> yeah, uh, and your grandfather rode up and just looked at him, saw him swing, saw him hit the shot, and then gave me the thumbs up, and that was it. And I was just like, it was the biggest sense of relief, also the biggest moment of pride. It was just like. The greatest of emotions washed over because in that moment too, you know he could have just been like, you know he's not supposed to be up here. <laughs> like it went from I know I I'm supposed to be in trouble, but it was that it was a grandfatherly moment which was phenomenal, man. It was phenomenal. All right, so going to college now, we need to find out more about you and your teams, pros, who you do with football season. Who you following? Who's your team? Because Orlando, you don't have a team. All right, so you know, go. I, I was I was happy to watch the golf season come to an end. Sad I couldn't participate, but now we get to. <laughs> it's get only over for a season. week, though. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's a huge off season. Yeah, huge, huge. one week. Guys. But um, <laughs> you know, now now that college football season has started, it's, it's definitely my favorite. Um, it's it's my favorite sport to watch on TV. Um, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Florida Gator fan, born and raised here. Obviously my dad actually was a, a walk on backup kicker at Florida cause he didn't make the golf team. So, you know, he's, we, we've got, it's just in my blood, the Florida Gators are, but I'm, I'm also a big Clemson Tiger fan cause I went to school there. So, um, okay. I've got some ACC, pretty, I've got some pretty good options. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know. It's not bad. I would, no, I would have a tough time. I know I know this isn't going to happen because I know Clemson's probably going to be in the national championship this year. I'm not so optimistic about my Gators, but if they were to ever make it in that matchup, I, I it would be a tough call for me. So, um, you know, I got I got plenty of good football to watch this year. I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Ben Roethlisberger is a friend, so I, I always you know Another follow big them. Golfer. And, and, yep, he is played with me at the uh, the pro am at the Arnold Palmer Invitational a couple years ago, and. Uh, yeah, I haven't been in, in touch with him as much lately, but I'm always always pulling for him and the team's success. And, and you know, honestly, now being a Jacksonville area native, living here in Atlantic Beach, um, we've become good friends with one of the uh, offensive coaches uh, for the team. So, we, you know, I, you always pull for that home team. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely optimistic and hopeful that the Jaguars have a good season. Because, uh, you, know, you know how it is, whenever you're in a town – that has an NFL team or any sports team and they, they start having success, you know, it brings people together and gets people excited in the area. So I love, I love seeing people in Duval get excited about the, uh, the Jag success. You're welcome. You're welcome. I just want to say you're welcome because you know me as an Eagles fan. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited. MVP. I bet you are. Yeah. Yeah, we are. He's, uh, he's a good leader. And I think that's, I think that's really important for, uh, for any program, whether it's a college football team, NFL, you you know that team sport, you you know you need a leader out there, and I think Foles is going to be a good leader for the Jags. And um, you know, I mean, you look at what Trevor Lawrence is doing for uh, for Clemson. I, I think he's you know, despite being as young as he is, he's poised, he's he's you know, quiet, and uh, he, and he's good. So he's, it's the he can lead that team. 
It's the just hair. the hair, just a little yeah. bit good. Yeah. If I'm telling you, if they cut his hair, not going to be as good. No, He's got no power way. in no, that no, hair. No, there's no. some there's some kind yeah. of power in his hair. Clay Matthews, I mean, he did it. Yes. He started it, you know. And, and now <laughs> every time you see one of those guys on the field, you're like, oh, I bet he's good. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that hair. Yeah. Yep. I was I was gonna ask because we joked about the the season of the <laughs> the tour season, which has a week off before it starts again after the uh-huh. Corn Fairy Finals and whatnot. How do you feel about it? Because it's I laughed at the fact when they were like, "Hey, this is gonna be great because we're gonna end the season and not have to compete with football." But they forgot mm-hmm. to tell everyone. Well, kind of because the season actually is starting. Mm-hmm. The second week of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it it is a lot of golf, and and you know I don't have the answers. There there are a lot of really smart people out there trying their best to to make it as as good a schedule as they can. And and there's big business sides to things as well. And mm. the bottom, the, the good thing is, is the PGA Tour is is in a mode of great success and they have a lot of sponsors and they have a lot of opportunity to have golf tournaments. So, so we have them, you know, which is a great thing. It, it, you, you would hate to be in an opposite position where yep. we can't find enough sponsors and enough TV opportunity to only have 25 tournaments a year. That would be a real problem. Playing too much golf is a good problem to have, but, um, but it is tough. You know, that, that if you're not one of those top 50 guys in the world that can really pick and choose your schedule, um, and and play the majors and the WGC events and the invitationals and then kind of pick and choose the uh, the quote unquote regular PGA Tour events and and I and I use the word regular and not smaller because I hate I hate when oh. any PGA Tour event is categorized as as not a big event. I mean, Amen. every single week out there is a huge event, and every single week out there somebody's got a life changing opportunity. Mm. So um, I, I don't like. Sometimes when when certain events are devalued, um, but it's tough to, to to think about playing the 2020 schedule here in you know September first. Basically, it, it just <laughs> right. it, is, it is a tough it is a tough thing to grasp. It, it's tough to explain to people. I I wish you know personally I wish that the start of the 2020 season was was at the Sony in in Hawaii like it used to be. Yeah, uh, the wraparound schedule is tough for, for me and for any. Any guy out there who's, you know, whether you got a family or not, um, that that adds a whole other element when you're playing golf leading into the holidays. Um, but you know, even the young guys, it, it, it's tough to just play 35, you know, golf tournaments a year if you if you if you have to. Especially the guys now coming off. Of, if you had a full season on the Corn Ferry Tour and you went mm-hmm. through the finals, like oh yeah. You there's a part of you like you said when you played nine in a row. There's a part of you that goes, but I'm playing good golf. I got to keep going. But mentally, mm-hmm. exactly on a Friday or a Saturday, on like the 13th or the 14th hole, there's that little guy on yep. your shoulder going, "Why the blank did you? What are you doing? Yeah, just, why are just we here to... still? <laughs> yeah, can we go take a no, nap? It's... There's a movie starting in seven minutes. We can be at. It's so true. And I, I tell you what, you're starting to see a little bit more of it now in the Corn Fairy Finals. Guys, guys have started to realize because there's 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 an excitement to the fall series about seeing all these new fresh faces, guys that are coming out of college off of the Corn Ferry Tour, guys that are finally you know earned their PJ Tour card. But they're starting to realize that that you know once you've got your PJ Tour card locked up, those Corn Ferry Finals are are great opportunity if you need to get it back. But some of the guys that were in the top 25 didn't play all of the events because. Yep. The, the fall series has become more important for those guys playing out of that new category mm-hmm. because that's when they're going to reposition themselves through the fall so that when January does roll around, they, they're they getting into those tournaments because all of the bigger names start playing. And if you're way down on the list of the priority rankings of the Corn Ferry Tour, 1 through 50, if you're, if you're in that back half, you might not be getting starts come January, February, March. If you didn't so reshuffle it, well, it, yeah. Yeah, it's really important to to rather focus rather than focusing on your you know playing well in the Corn Ferry Finals is if if you've got your card you got to save your energy and you got to go out there in the fall and and, and make hay because that's really going to set you up for the for the you know the calendar season. See, man, you're talking like an experienced guy. 
not like one of the uh, little bit. one or twenty two year old guys. <laughs> be like, I'm just gonna keep playing. <laughs> That's I'm a I'm a crusty old veteran at this. Point. <laughs> <laughs> is this true? Do you have a head cover on your driver that was made from an alligator you caught yourself, or is that bull? Well. That's true. It, contractually, I don't use that head cover because it doesn't say Callaway on it, and I like to keep my people happy that keep me happy. So yeah. um, I use a Callaway head cover, but I have dead, a alligator dead alligators don't write checks. <laughs> no, they don't. They do not. Um, <laughs> but I have. A, I, I did. You know, I'm sorry to all the feet of people out there, but I, I hunted it. It was a sport. I uh, but. My dad taught me from a young age. I, I grew up a little Florida redneck, too. You know, I, I from a young age, though, my dad taught me, if you're going to hunt and kill something, you got to eat it and you got to use it. So I, yep. I ate the gator. I, I've got his head here. I've, uh, you know, Gator's delicious. Up in my, it is delicious. Um, and, and I use all the leather for all kinds of different things. My wallet that I will carry for the rest of my life is made from that gator. So, um, yeah, awesome. I did a little bit of, did a little bit of sport hunting there. Yeah, no, it's not sport if you're eating it. That's sustenance. That's right. Yeah, no, that's true. It's a, yeah, it was a, I, I tell you what, he was a big guy. He's a ten and a half foot gator, oh. Um, oh. about five hundred and fifty pounds. So it was, uh, it was fun. It was something you, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I'll probably do it again. Not that I'm against it. I just I, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity, and it was cool yeah. to do. But um, no, I, I'll be using the, uh, I'll be using my Callaway head covers from this point on for sure. We got to find if there's a way to get the Callaway logo on the Gator head cover. I could do that. I bet. I bet they'd make that happen if this See? is something we want to do. Uh, that would be kind of awesome. Me. Yeah, <laughs> that might yep. be kind of awesome. That'd be fantastic. Uh, and the other thing uh, that I read, uh, and I want to know if it's true, if the sport of golf had never been invented, so there's no such thing as golf, and there's nothing that goes along with golf. What are you doing mm-hmm. for a job? It's a that's a tough question. Um, I, I I don't think I would be playing a sport. I I mean, I guess golf in general is not exist. So building golf courses, designing golf courses, is not in the picture nope. either. Because that no would such be, thing. I, so I would I would be working. I, I probably would have started my career doing some form of construction or manual labor um, because I like getting dirty. I like working with my hands um and i would have tried to work my way up in that system but i've always had this weird business mind i, I don't know what it is but I'm, I'm always looking for opportunities where i feel like there's a there's a chance for things to get better whether better whether it's in like retail or you know stuff around the house i i just i've always got ideas i'm always looking for that next billion dollar idea i'm, I, I'm an inventor so I'm, I'm thinking i would have invented something or develop some type of business that you know met a need that was out there for people and I, i'm kind of working on something right now actually i'm, I'm, I'm i can't Ooh. really tell you what it is but i'm what? i'm not just sitting here yeah i know i'm sorry but i'm not just sitting here um waiting to to get, get back better. to playing golf I, <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm working on my health I'm, I'm i'm trying to you know work out as much as i can getting stronger while i'm in a sling I'm doing Driving a lot of tour. Crazy. I'm gonna have the strongest. Yeah, I'm gonna have the strongest stomach on tour, man. I tell you what. <laughs> really? I'm not gonna have a. Yeah, I mean, I might not have a keg anymore. I might turn it into a six pack. I don't know. <gasps> what? We'll see. You yeah, and Phil? I don't know. What are you doing? Uh, I didn't go, Phil. <laughs> you didn't fast, I, I, but I'm working at it. I got the time, so you know what? I figured I might as well try having a, you know, having some muscle and some strength. So I'm working on that. But I'm, what? I'm, I'm actively doing other things because you know. I realize that at some point, whether it's through an accident like this or by choice, I might not be able to play golf for the rest of my life. And I'm not, unfortunately, I haven't made $50 million on the golf course, so I'm not set for life. So I'm, I'm always thinking about, you know, what am I going to do to support my family when, when I can't do it on the golf course anymore? And I obviously plan on not that not being an issue. I, I plan on being able to play for the next, you know, five, 10, 15 years if I want to, but there may be a point where I can't and, and, or that I don't want to. And and when that point comes, you got to have, you got to have other things lined up. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm not gonna, I'm not just going to sit around and wait and say, okay, well, I'm not playing golf anymore. So now what? Because then (laughs) you're way behind the eight ball, you know, (laughs) too late for that. So I'm, I'm working on some things and I'm excited about some business opportunities that I've got. Um, you know, outside of just playing golf. So I'm, I'm, 
you know, I have I'm going to keep myself busy. Idea. I have a billion yep. dollar idea. You could help me with it. Tell me. This will change everything. It will save. It potentially could save lives. I'm in. Sarcasm font. Think about social media. Just think about text messaging. Think about how many yeah. messages have been misconstrued because oh. there's no such thing as a sarcasm font. Absolutely. You got to listen. There are certain text messages that if you don't put an exclamation point at the end, you, you I mean, you're you're done. It's the right or a smiley face like a la yes. Yeah, exactly. It, you're right. I like it. What we, you know what that would be Apple. worth? Yes, but yeah. that what would that be worth if we came up with a font that everyone recognized as sarcasm? I listen. Billion. There's people out there that can do that. You got the idea. Now you just got to find the right person to put it on paper. Yeah, but you know more people than me. <laughs> I don't know. You, you're, you're a networker, man. You're out there holding <laughs> the mic. You're talking to people. I'm just chasing a little white golf ball around. <laughs> Not for a little while, though. Now you get to just drive your wife crazy sitting at home. That's it. That yeah. is exactly. She hasn't kicked me out yet. No, she's actually normal <laughs> still somehow. I don't know. That is one thing. Wives of people who travel for a living, when you're home mm -hmm. for too long, they start going, "Hey, uh, when are you? When are you leaving?" <laughs> like I got yep. this nice It's like the meanest thing they can say, but I get it. You know, uh, <laughs> right. you know, we we were doing we were doing a lot better before you were here. <laughs> I had a routine, and now you just yes. monkey wrench the whole thing, there, dude. Exactly. What yeah, we we have we. We've got this all under control. We don't need you to come in and tell us how to do our day-to-day -day life here. <laughs> hey there, supervisor. And you know when they say mm -hmm. it in that tone, hey there, supervisor, you're like, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I messed oh, yeah. up. Man. Hey, Sam, this has been awesome, dude. This is Thank you so much. I appreciate it. For no, hanging this has been out. great. I always, always love catching up with you, and I, I, hope, uh, I hope it's on the golf course pretty soon next time. Yeah, man, hopefully so. Nice thing now is that because uh, Dorian left us alone – uh, the mm -hmm. golf courses should be in pretty good shape when you when are you yeah. gonna be allowed to even swing like just chip uh i don't Not for a honestly while. i don't really know i've got i've got another week and week and a half where i'm not supposed to move my arm really and i mean i've been doing as much like grip stuff and little movements that i can right but i've got eight weeks of physical therapy after that and i i've from everything I've talked to and, and understood from everyone else who's been through something like this is you've got to be patient. And I'm, that's going to be the biggest challenge for me is that, you know, I'm going to want to push it a little harder than I should probably. And you got to be patient because that first day where they say, all right, lift your arm up, you can't even do it. I mean, I'm, it, it's going to be frustrating to, to see how much strength I've lost, but it'll also be rewarding when you see that, you know, the strength start coming back and you get that full mobility Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I'm optimistic. I think I'll be swinging a golf club before the, before the end of the year. But, you know, I, I definitely got to be patient and not push it too hard. I need you to put a sign up that you see every day and do this for me. And then you can mm -hmm. thank me later. Yep. No athlete has ever come back too late. This is true. Right. You're right. When's the last yep. time you heard someone from an injury, especially mm -hmm. a golfer, especially a golfer, yep. You have never heard a golfer say, I waited too long and came back too late. No, you're right. You're Not right. Not one time. So, so I'm, I'm be gonna that guy. It. I will write it. I'll put it on yes. the bathroom mirror. Be that guy. Because that and way, when you're holding that trophy, you're going to be like, you know, I had a little sign up in my, in my spot. And part of the reason I'm and holding was, this trophy right now. You want yeah. the shout out? Yeah, you know, no. Just say, uh, just say it. the sign. I'll know it was me that put that idea in your head. But if you just All make right. reference to the sign, see, that's me getting a shout out without getting a shout out. Subtle. All right. I'm in. See, nobody needs it. to know our little secret. I'm just saying. That's it. I'm in. I'll do it. <laughs> hey, it we'll do this advice. again I mean, soon, man. Good, this is awesome. Good advice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. you got it, brother. Uh, I'll do it anytime, and uh, take care of yourself. And I'll uh, look Thanks, forward man. to talking to you soon. Appreciate you, dude. Really appreciate you. That was Sam Saunders, grandson of Arnold Palmer, who on September 10th will celebrate 90 years of Arnold Palmer. They're actually talking about a 90 for 90, which would be really, really cool. You bet.
I know you hear Matt talking about his butcher box stuff all the time, but see, you didn't know I got one too. Yeah, I did. I mean, these steaks and bacon, everything that's in this box is ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. Think about this. Every month, ButcherBox delivers humanely raised, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught to your door. You ain't got to do nothing. There's no added hormones or antibiotics. Nothing. The last box I got came with all kinds of good stuff. Y'all already know how I feel about bacon, right? Steaks and bacon. Really? Like, come on, man. That's what it's all about. That's how I absolutely loved it. Now, I did things two different ways. I'm a guy who likes to put bacon in the oven and put a little bit of maple syrup on it and then bake it at 350 for a little while. And then I'll take the steaks, throw them on the grill. I'm a medium rare type of dude. Y'all already know how I feel well, everyone else loves filet, but I'm a ribeye dude. So, like, that's just my thing. Marbling with a little bit of fat. Look, I can barely even get through this. My mouth is watering just talking about it. But, look, here's what you need to do because we got a special offer for you. Bush box, butch box, butcher box is offering new members $20 off your first box plus free ground beef for the life. Of when you sign up your subscription. So as long as you stay subscribed to ButcherBox, you get free ground beef. How about that one right there? Here's what you do. Go to ButcherBox.com slash Maddie. I know it's not the caddy. We're still doing this for Maddie. But I'm not hating on him because it's deliciousness coming to your door. Listen, ButcherBox.com slash Maddie. M-A-T-T-Y. And you are going to get all this great meat right to your front door. Plus, if you use that code, M-A-T-T-Y, $20 off your first order. Yeah. And they're throwing in two pounds of that free ground beef. Yeah, that's coming too. Butcherbox.com slash Maddie. Oh, you hear the grill? You hear it? Oh, yeah, I know your mouth is watering too. You're welcome. Don't act like y'all did not enjoy Maddie and the caddy without Maddie. I did. Is that wrong? Don't tell him I said that. I know you will. But regardless, Sam Saunders is just awesome. Just a great, great dude. And it's funny to hear some of the stories that he was able to share with us, too. Especially that driving range where his grandfather put the fist up to his face and, uh, said what he said and then having his grandson tell him knock you out in front of all these people like that's just oh that was so fantastic what a what a fun special episode it was and thanks again to sam saunders for hanging out definitely uh we will be having him back again as a guest on the podcast and maybe we'll let maddie jump in on some of the fun but until then this has been a special edition of Maddie and the Caddy featuring grandson of Arnold Palmer and a great dude in his own right, Sam Saunders, having this during the off week of the PGA Tour. Well, wait, off season, off week, off season, season week, wait, seven days, is, we'll, we'll just say off time. Is that PG enough? <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed listening more Maddie and the Caddy. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.